1: It's the middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner.
2: Good afternoon. I'm Anthony Wiener and thank you for meeting me in the middle, an hour every Saturday at 2 o'clock when we take some steps away from the hot takes of the far left and the far right and we try to bring some context to the news of the week or maybe a subject that doesn't find its way into the middle of the conversation enough. I'm really fired up for today's show. It's a beautiful day outside. You know, every week I write this whole rundown for the show. I know many of you are surprised to know that I do any preparation. At all I do, I give it a lot of thought. And I usually open up with some, like, personal things to talk a little bit about my son, about what's going on in sports. Don't talk too much about sports. But, you know, we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3, and then at 3 o'clock, Curtis Sliwa comes in. You can hear us by downloading the app or wbcradio.com or listen to us on 770, the most powerful radio station. And um, if you miss any of it, you always get us a podcast. And so I do a good deal of preparation. I'm only here for a couple of hours each week. I want to get it right. And... This week, I wrote down as the first note that I, I you know the hockey game was last night, and I had to figure out how to write the rest of the script because I've got things I want to talk about. I want to talk about Hunter Biden and get a little update on what's going on with that. I have the one issue that I want to talk about a little bit at the top, the Fox News thing. and so um, but I, I didn't know quite what mood I would be in. And then there's the other challenge that I have that I have been gently chided by the powers that be here at WBC, we talk about a lot of different things, news, sports, society issues. We talk about healthcare. We, we talk about a lot of different things, but they said if you can going to talk about sports, you got to do a little less hockey. You know, you're doing too much hockey, Wiener, they, they said to me. And so I didn't know quite how to approach this. And then I realized I had an asset that permitted me to figure this problem out. And let's go right to it. It's the numbers of the week. Every week we do... Some numbers that we use to bring context to the news. Um, I always share them in advance with Kristen and Kevin and Sitlali, who's on calls today. We'll go over what they're going to be. And today, we thought we should have a special correspondent to kick off our Numbers of the Week. So here are special Numbers of the Week correspondent to give us our first number of the week, Jordan Zane Wiener. Welcome, Jordan.
3: Thank you. So our first number of the week is four. Four for the fastest four goals scored by any NHL team in Stanley Cup history. Two minutes and 18 seconds at last night's Isles victory against Carolina Hurricanes. Score of 5-1. to one. Now it was still 1-1 till the very end of the game, and Kyle Palmieri got a nice tip at the end of the power play, and then Matt Martin made it 3-1. Once that happened, the Islanders got an empty net goal and then another goal to make it 5-1. The rest of the game was a dump and chase, and the Islanders walked away with their first win of the series. Now Carolina is only up by one game.
2: That is an excellent report. Now, you know, we, we have a fidelity to the news here. Were you actually at the game or were you just watching it on TV?
3: I was at the game.
2: You were at the game. Now tell us a little, what was the environment like at UBS? This was the first NHL Stanley Cup playoff game ever played at UBS. Is that right? That is correct. What was it like there?
3: The energy was crazy. I mean, you know, you could tell because I went to a couple season games and comparing it to that, the whole entire game, the crowd was booming. Everybody was like, let's go, Islanders. And the chance never stopped. And you could tell that Carolina knew that we had gotten in their heads. Now,
2: it was a tension convention, right? We were down two two games to none. It was 1-1 late in the game until that explosion you just described in our numbers of the week. Did, was that tension palpable in the building?
3: Oh, yeah, you could feel it. You could feel the whole feeling was just spreading through the building rapidly, but it was spreading through the players, too, and the Islanders knew it was their time to score, so that's what they did.
2: Well, I really appreciate that. Now, now, tell us a little bit about the, the the night had some first few. You know, your friend Steve Schwartz and Kenny Hare, they took you out in preparation for the game to Peter Lugers, of all places. Is that the first time you've been to Peter Lugers?
3: Yeah, that's my first time. How was it? That was great. I mean, like, we got the same exact order, apparently, that they always get. The steak is just so good. best that steak I've ever good. had.
2: And, you know, Steve Schwartz is called the the Schlagmaster. You had the, the, the cake and schlag as well?
3: Yeah, I had the cake and schlag as well. That was pretty good, but um, very rich.
2: Well, Jordan, I really appreciate it. But before I let you go, I know there are some of our listeners who are Ranger and Devil fans. Any insight on what's going to go on with that game? They're in Game 3 today, right?
3: Yeah, so they will be kicking off Game 3 today. I mean, in that series, it's been very obvious that the Rangers are just the better team. There's no, there's just no argument against that. Um, they've been better on, on all 200 feet of the ice. But I think this series can still go either way because um, the Devils have some strong offense, but they don't have any experience, unlike the Rangers.
2: Well, I, I appreciate it. And, Jordan, I want to tell you, you are welcome to come back anytime as our special number of the week correspondent because although I'm not allowed to talk about hockey as much as I would like, they've made it very clear here we have all kinds of interesting guests, and so now you're clearly my most interesting guest. Thank you very much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Jordan Zane Wiener, our special numbers of the week correspondent. Jordan, you want to stick around for a few minutes while I do the rest of the show? Um... <laughs> That's a no. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Well, thank you very much, Jordan. I really appreciate having you. Let's get to some of the other numbers of the week. Uh, one is two thousand three hundred and fifty-two. That is the it's so exciting to have Jordan here. Joe, I gotta tell you, before you leave, this what I've had done fifty-three shows here, not ready to be inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame or anything, but this has been the highlight of my my brief experience on the radio. So thank you for being here. Uh, two thousand three hundred and fifty-two cans of Miller High Life Beer. That were destroyed by the ne- by the nation of Belgium, their authorities, because apparently Miller High Life, as you know, calls itself the Champagne of beers, and in Belgium you can't use the word Champagne unless you're actually Champagne. So they destroyed all of that beer. By the way, if you want, are interested in the other beer story of the week, the Bud Light, the Bud Light controversy around the boycott kind of Bud Light over their relationship with a transgender. Um, spokesperson, The the Middle Unplugged, which is a podcast that I do that comes out on Wednesday. We dive into that a little bit deeper, and so you're welcome to download that. Uh, this is a number that we're going to be talking about with Curtis Lee with 327. 327 people have been responsible for nearly one-third of all of the shoplifting arrests in the city last year. And they have been arrested and rearrested more than 6,000 times, according to data that the city put out this week. That is... A staggering number, and I don't know – the police don't know really what to do about it. The courts don't know what to do about it, and the shopkeepers certainly don't know what to do about it. People say, well, let's throw, you know, put them in jail, throw away the key. The problem is shop, shoplifting is not usually something that people go to jail for. In fact, we always say the cliché, it's not like they're just stealing a loaf of bread. Well, these people are devastating the economy with their shoplifting. We do have to figure out what to do about it. Curtis has some ideas. We're going to talk with him about that at 3 o'clock on Left versus Right. And this is a crazy number. Now, bear with me here for a moment because it bears a little uh, exp- explaining. So we all know that Joe Biden is unpopular. We all know that Donald Trump is unpopular. And we all know that when there are polls about, about the two of them running against each other, which seems increasingly likely, it's now, it looks like Biden's going to announce maybe even next week that he's running for re-election. Trump already has uh, announced that he wants to run again. We know that those polls are nip and tuck. It's like one or two points. Either way, Trump, uh, uh, Biden usually comes out on top, but they're very close. Well, someone did a poll this week that asked the same question. But what they did is they asked, do you think Biden has done a good job as president? And they asked, do you think Trump did a good job as president? And then what they did is they asked voters who said no to both how they would vote in the coming election. And Biden tops Trump 54 to 15. It's a blowout. In other words, people who think that Trump is not great and who think that Biden is not great. Those people who are not Democrats or Republicans, theoretically, they're kind of more in the middle. They, um, they support Biden by enormous numbers. So that number I'm going to go ahead and say is kind of like independence. And last time, the way that Biden won is he carried a lot of independence. So that's a very interesting number that came out this week. And finally, um, the other number that we've all heard a great deal of is 787.5 million. That's the settlement that Fox news came to in the Dominion case. Uh, And so just to give you some idea, you know, the economics of Fox News, it's not going to cost them that much money in terms of how much they make. There are about 61.9, almost 62 million people that subscribe to cable or satellite. And Fox charges for each one of them, they charge the cable company or they charge the satellite company, $2.18 for each of those viewers. A lot of those deals are up again in 2023, 2024, and they say that they think that they are going to be able to get $3 per viewer. So that means just in those fees, they get $1.8 billion every year without even counting advertising. So $787.5 million sounds like a lot of money, but it probably isn't that much for Trump. And then we have also this week this guy, Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy who makes excellent pillows, I should say. He was ordered to pay $5 million to a guy Because he said, if you can prove me wrong about this data that I've got that shows the Chinese have interfered in our elections, I'll pay you $5 million. Someone stepped up, and they said okay. And they went before an arbitrator, and the arbitrator says, yeah, this guy did prove that this was bogus information, not even about 2020. It wasn't anything to do with the Chinese. So he has to pay $5 million. But a lot of people on the left are very disappointed by the settlement, by the idea that this didn't go to trial. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about. They wanted to see the spectacle of... Of Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity repeating what they had already said, like we already knew what they had said, that they lied to their viewers, that they knew they were lying, and that they did it anyway. We know that because in discovery for this trial, that never happened, all these emails came out about them talking between themselves about this stuff. It wasn't like they were saying it for public consumption or in front of a jury. They said it to themselves, so there's no reason for them to lie. This had already come out in these emails to one another, how much they hated Trump, how much they knew they were lying, and everything else. But some people wanted to edit a jury to one more court of the 80 or so cases that have already ruled that these crazy stories about machine flipping votes were entirely made up. But the judge, frankly, had already decided that they weren't even going to argue about that in court. But the, the judge already decided that that's a given. The only question was whether it was done with malice. But I do wonder if any of this even matters, with those numbers I told you about how much that Fox charges, it tells you a lot about what happened here. The, You know, the emails from the bosses and the people on the air said that you can't tell the truth because they were afraid that their viewers would get upset. And I wonder, all of you, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. You know, do, do people who watch Fox News want lies that support their side? That's what the people inside Fox were saying was that we can't tell the truth about the election because our viewers will go to, like, OAN or Newsmax or someplace else. We have to keep telling them this lie. And they do it because they don't want to lose viewers. So if that's the case, then none of what happened this week really matters. If people want that and Fox was giving it to them, why should anyone be that upset? Now, I make a distinction here between... You know, between, I'm not talking about people who agree with what you're saying on an issue. Like, for example, this week there were hearings on Afghanistan. And on one side where the Republicans and Fox wanted to focus on the mess of the withdrawal and the collapse of the Afghan government and the weapons that were left behind and the loss of the U.S. troops. And then on MSNBC I went and looked and they wanted to focus that Donald Trump had negotiated the exit and he negotiated with the Taliban directly and cut out, the Afghan government, and that he got rolled in the negotiation and agreed to free 5,000 of Taliban's worst terrorists, who then turned around and returned to the battlefield and went on to kill U.S. US troops. And the fact that Biden have only been in, in, in office for four months for a 200-plus-month war. So I'm not talking about people that have two different perspectives, like I just described on Fox News and MSNBC. That's not lying. That's politics and, and perspective. That's like, you know... People can look at an issue and focus on two different things. And I really ask this, you know, you and my listeners, you listen to a show called The Middle because maybe you agree with the manifesto of this thing, which is, look, I'm a conservative, I'm a liberal, but I still know that there's ways that we can work together maybe in the middle. But if you listen to Alex Jones and have convinced yourself that grieving parents of children at Sandy Hook were actors, Does him being found guilty of libel and paying $1.4 billion judgment, does that change your mind? If you were going to believe that stuff anyway, are you opening up the newspaper and now say, oh, he was found guilty of libel. I changed my mind. I'm going to stop listening. And it's the same with Fox. Are people – do we really think people are going to stop watching because there's even more evidence than there was before on this pile of evidence that they admitted lying because they didn't want to upset their viewers? People are like, oh, this is a historic case. They're finally It finally sets the record straight. And people are like, oh, if only there was a trial, we would have seen more of this. No. I mean, there are some people who just want to be lied to. That's they, they don't mind that. And Fox News knows that. And the cable carriers know that. And the hosts know that. And the brass know that. And no amount of court cases is going to change that. But we do things a little different around here. We talk about the facts. We talk about our perspectives on the facts. We talk about disagreements that we have. And if there's disagreements about the facts, we try to talk through those things, too. It's a little different here. But um, when we get back from the break, we'll take some calls, 800 848 wabc 800 And we'll also have a conversation about some legitimate news this week in the Hunter Biden case. I've been following it. Um, most left, most liberal places are not. Um, there are some legitimate news. I'm going to get to it and try to sort it out for you. It's so great to have you along. So great that Jordan was here as our special correspondent. This has been a special so so far. I hope you continue to join us and we'll see you on the other side. The Middle with
1: Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC.
2: back to the middle. That's Tell Me Lies by Fleetwood Mac. We're going to Lies is our theme. I mean, the thing about, look, lies gets thrown around a lot in politics. It used to never be used. It was seen as too hot a word because it means, you know, it's there's something different. I disagree with that person that he's lying. Lying is a willful thing and so when Trump was, Trump, when, we know, when um, Fox News was found guilty of lying, the test in order for them to have lost the case is that they knew they were lying. And they did it anyway. And they harmed someone in doing it. So we know. So the case was really over before it really began because of all these emails that c- came out that said that were back and forth with producers and, and the guys that were on the air and even, even the people that ran the, the Grand Fox that said, yeah, we know we're lying. We know this stuff is not true. Everyone was saying back and forth, like, why are we putting this stuff on the air? And there, what they said is they did it because they didn't want to offend their listeners. And their their viewers. And so my thing is, is when people all week have said, oh, my goodness, I wish they would have gone to trial because they'd really set the record straight. We already knew that it's and and the reason that Fox settled and the reason they are not talking about any of this is they're going out into the marketplace and charging cable com- um, customers two dollars. And by the way, the way this works, if you're a an MSM, if you hate Fox News, you're still paying the two dollars. It's built into your your cable fees so that 's why I use the word lies and that 's thats some of the music is going to be about that so let 's talk a, a little bit to some of our listeners because I think there probably is some overlap between five you know I think the people um, who listen to this station there are probably some that listen to fox, and i 'm interested in this idea. do you want to be not told the truth if it 's not good for your side i mean is that is that part of the reason that people watch fox and again, not two ish two things about an issue like for example. We're going to talk about Hunter Biden a little bit later. Maybe some people, I say, I want a lot of programming about that. I want to hear everything that goes on about, about Hunter Biden. You turn on MSNBC, you barely ever hear Hunter Biden even mentioned. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that someone who makes up stuff that's not true knows it and says it anyway, which is a very different thing from having a disagreement with someone over politics. We can, you know, and I give you the example of Afghanistan. We can argue about the Afghanistan pullout five ways to Thursday, who's at fault and who did what, when and everything else. Um, but someone who, who says that the sky is green when it's blue is, you know, that's just a lie. But anyway, so that, that's where it is. So let's, let's go to some calls. Some people have been holding on for a while. Um, let's go to, um, let's see, let's go to, uh, ba, 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 ba. Um, all right, let's just go to the people who've been waiting the longest. Let's go to Andrew in New Jersey. Go ahead, Andrew. Thank you for calling in.
4: Your whole existence is a lie. You're, um. You know, your essence is a lie. Even when you tell the truth, you use truth to dece- deceive as a lie. Which I'll give an example in a second. You love your son, which you do love him, but that was used in a lie when you were pro pro. Um, you know, choice. You use the technique where you agree with the other side, but then you slip like a nuance. Well, I just want this little change. So that's an easier way to uh, co-horse your opponent, and then you'll say, "And I love myself. I couldn't imagine," which is all true, but you're only saying that to manipulate. Yeah, but the
2: Andrew, opponent. you are you are missing the point and missing the entire vocabulary of this conversation. Using rhetoric, using language, using examples as a way to make your rhetorical point doesn't make you a liar. That's the problem, Andrew. Is that is it here would be here would be the 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 difference is if I said. That Hunter Biden um, never put out a book that talked about his his addiction or Hunter Biden never worked for interests in China or Ukraine. That's a lie. I know that's a lie. That's why I don't say that. It's quite different to say, as we're going to get to a Hunter Biden segment in a minute, it's quite different to say, here are the things he did. I don't think they're so bad or they weren't as bad as uh, as what uh, um, as what Trump's kids did. That's rhetoric. It's a very, very different thing. So to say my whole existence is a lie, no. My whole existence as a radio person is to try to engage people in conversations. And if someone thinks that I have said something that is a lie, that means they've got to think that I said something wrong that I knew was wrong. I make mistakes all the time. And if Andrew wanted to say that I'm an example of someone who's made a lot of mistakes, Lord knows. I am as imperfect a messenger about truthfulness as there probably is because I have told lies. I have told lies, lot. And I would like to meet the person who, who never has done that, you know. Um, so after that big buildup, Andrew did not bring a lot to the conversation. Let's go to Joe in Long Island. Go ahead, Joe.
4: Hello. Uh, how are you today? I hate to burst your bubble, but I saw election night with my own eyes with the baloney, this, that, the other thing, water broke, this, that. And if you want to change the nuances and everything else, you you can lie all you want. But when you were back being Carlos Danger and you were playing with yourself, with your kid right next to you, now you're going to tell me it didn't happen? You're a fucking low.
2: Well, Joe is close there to maybe bringing some information to the conversation, and he didn't disappoint us because he didn't do that. Um, Next, let's go to Alex in California. Go ahead, Alex.
4: I think you for taking my call. I just wanted to say that there's at least one good thing that came out of the Dominion uh, impending trial that was settled.
2: And that is that we now know that Tucker Carlson is not a Trump sycophant. He's actually quite distinct from his other colleagues and also some of your colleagues on WABC radio. So
4: I tend to trust him more than I would say Sean Hannity.
2: Right. But, Alex, you're a good person to ask this because I think you you've, you've looked at this. So Tucker Carlson is not. He says he hates Trump. Says he can't stand him. He can't wait not to report on him anymore. He 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 can't wait to be done with him. I don't have the exact emails. I thought about printing out some of these emails because I thought some people still hadn't seen them, and I realized people have seen them all. So then Tucker Carlson has Trump on two weeks ago or last week with his long interview, and not once does he say, "Listen, it's out there. It's the elephant in the room that I don't like you." Why? And yet he acts as if it never happened. We're not idiots. I mean, don't you believe, Alex, that, that the the dishonesty that Tucker showed by not – by by pretending that he liked someone that he didn't? I mean, I don't know. It just seems dishonest to me, doesn't it, to you? I, I define dishonesty uh, being
4: that you actually make a statement which is false. So he didn't really make a false statement. But I think it would be good if you could actually get him onto your, your show and uh, – and ask him that. He was – it's right? funny.
2: You said, Alex, go back and, and listen, and I appreciate your calling, Alex. Call us again soon. He did come on with Bo Snurdly a couple of weeks ago. I'll try to get the exact date of the interview. And, and Bo, to his credit, asked him about the emails. And what Tucker says is, oh, it was very embarrassing to have those emails. I never meant those emails to become public. I'm very embarrassed that they became public. Never once disputed the substance of them. And – Bo didn't ask the follow up question is do you did you you know, did you mean that? Did you mean those things that you said about how you can't wait to be done with this? And he also didn't ask the other stuff that were in those emails that Tucker didn't believe the stuff either that he was selling. Um you know, but that's that's why I think that Fox has kind of made a calculation. Our listeners don't mind it that much. I mean, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem they, they. 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 I think that that's the calculation that they make. Let's go to Mike in Yonkers. Go ahead, Mike. Thanks for joining us.
4: Hey, Andy. So I guess what I would you know start off by saying is I just think journalism is dead in America. If, if maybe across the world, I mean, whether it's the story of the uh, of the high school kid who was down in Washington D.C. and that whole false narrative, yep, yep. or what we've just learned with um, with Fox News, you know, you you pose the question: Do we want to be lied to if it's if it's our slant or if it, if it favors our side of the story? No, no, no one should want that in this country, and I would suggest that that's why we're in the. Uh, we have the problems that we have today. And I just I' just like to close by saying this. you know, with the major news story that should be reported on is Hunter Biden uh, laptop and how the current Secretary of State may have orchestrated a uh, a letter of false narrative um, uh, and had all these different former CIA uh, officials sign off on it. And how that's not reported on ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN. So I guess I would just conclude by saying journalism is dead.
2: It's, yeah. It's, no. Now, Mike, you have done – you've done the perfect thing that we always like in, in radio, and that is right before we go to a break, you tease what we're going to do next. I'm going to talk about that that element. There's There was a good deal of Hunter Biden news, and I did Hunter Biden – a full show on Hunter Biden early on, and I have said I'm going to keep returning to it because I do believe it hasn't gotten as much attention as it should – on kind of my team, on my side of things, you know, meaning Democrats and folks on the left. So, but but let me just just say this about your overarching point. And you gave you gave two examples, right? You gave the example of this video that was taken out of context. And you guys might not remember this. It was a young man being apparently in a shouting match with this older, um, this older Native American-looking fellow, and it looked like this young. Trump supporter – I think he was wearing a a Trump hat or something like that – was abusing this man when it turned out that when you added context to it, that word I like to use, added a little more time to the video, added a little more conversation with what was really going on. It turned out that was completely wrong. And it was an example maybe not of the death of journalism because we did finally get to the bottom of it. We did get it wrong at the beginning – the world got it wrong at the beginning it turned out but there was journalism that actually actually got out the whole story and the same is true of the fox thing it is not just just you know and i don't know if mike would agree with this cuz it was a really good call but i don't know that the fox thing news did get the get this we went the this company went into court they had a trial uh, not a trial but they had a proceeding that documents became public Reporters wrote about it in newspapers. It became very embarrassing for the company. It, it, it became something that they finally settled because of journalism, because people were talking about this everywhere and it was an embarrassment for them. The, the problem is I make a distinction, and I know we're running a little late for the break. I make a distinction, though, between doing the news and doing both sides all the time. Sometimes there are not two sides. I don't want to see a Taliban fighter on one half of a split screen and a U.S. general on the other side and say, all right, we've got to get both sides. But I do think that we have to do a much better job of not running into the first thing that we see and looking for other voices, and that's what we try to bring here. And including in that is having a heart-to-heart about the latest in the Hunter Biden case. Uh, Mike set us up perfectly as we uh, go into the break, and when we come on the other side – We're going to go into that issue a little bit deeper. Thank you so much for joining us on The Middle. We'll see you on the other side.
1: This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC.
2: Back to the middle, that's Thompson Twins. Lies, lies. See, the thing, when you do thematic music, you've got to let it get to the part that makes it clear what the theme is. We're talking a little bit about Fox News, but I also wanted to touch on some of the Hunter Biden News of the Week. Also, something can go into the category of lies. We'll be here till 3 o'clock when Curtis Lewa comes in. We'll be talking a little bit about Eric Adams going down to Washington. We'll also talk about some of the statistics about shoplifting, and he's got a rat czar, and he's talking about rats. You know, that's catnip, no pun intended, for, for Curtis. But I do want to give you an update on the Hunter Biden stuff because you know, one of the earlier shows that I did uh, when I had this program is, is, because, is to do a deep dive into the Hunter Biden case. And you can go back and listen to that. It's like episode four or something like that. And I promise to keep up on it because I think it is one of those issues that frankly there's a Venn diagram of left and right that isn't kind of interested in this stuff. And there was some news this week. The the first kind of most the biggest piece of news in my opinion, Steve Steve I'm going to get to Steve's point in a minute, but this one I think is even bigger, is that someone who works at the IRS has approached the United States Congress and says, I have information that shows, and again a lot of this is what has been reported, but th- he hasn't said it outright, but I'll explain that in a minute. This this person who works at the IRS has approached Congress and said, I want to come talk to you about what I think is going wrong on the Hunter Biden case as an IRS agent, um, and I want protection as a whistleblower and so that I can come talk to you. The reason that he's doing that, this person, is it is illegal to talk about what you're doing on an investigation. That's not your job. When you're a line FBI agent or a line IRS agent, you can't just go talk about what you see, even if you have the best of intentions, because that's not your job. Your job is to let someone else make decisions and things like that. But on the other hand, we, Congress does have a right to kind of hear within agencies about people who want to blow the whistle on things. So this guy says that he's got information on how favoritism is coming into the prosecution or lack thereof of um, of Hunter Biden. And now Congress has to try to figure out what to do and the courts also have to try to figure out what to do. Because what's going to happen next is that the Justice Department, who says you can't talk to this guy and he can't be talking about this publicly because it's against the law for him to do it. You can't just say I'm a whistleblower and then – start telling anything you want about some customer that you, that you think should be prosecuted or who's not. So that's going to happen next. And a court's going to have to sort this out. But this guy says he's got information of favoritism and that's relevant because today or tomorrow, CNN reported that Hunter Biden's lawyers have asked to go in and visit with U S attorney, David Weiss, who's the Trump appointed U S attorney in Delaware, who's investigating the Hunter Biden case. And that, According to sources familiar with the investigation, prosecutors are weighing whether to bring two misdemeanor charges for failure to file taxes, one count of felony tax evasion related to $30,000 of expenses that he took, and a false statement charge regarding to a gun purchase because he wrote on a gun purchase application that he was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And then there was information come out that said that he was dealing with addiction, including in his own book. Now, those are the things that the just that, that people said, well, go ahead, charge him for something already, or don't. That's what the case And there have been FBI agents who have also said on, to, to reporters, I think there's enough to charge him. But I want to make it very clear that the way this thing goes is there's always FBI investigations and IRS investigations that find evidence of a problem. The question is, do you charge someone for it? Would another person be charged in a similar circumstances? There precedent for having a person be charged criminally for something that they can just, you know, write a check to the RS and clean up and that, and that. But that's the question of what's going on with Biden. It's taken on a very, very long time. Now, the issue that Steve brings up, I think, is much ado about nothing. But I'm going to Steve thinks it's important. A lot of people do. The New York Post has written about it, Miranda Devine and others. So I'm going to I'm going to give it the oxygen that I think it deserves. There was this letter that has now become infamous of 51 intelligence officials that um, when the Hunter Biden laptop story first emerged, wrote a letter. It was in October of 2020, just before the election, October 19th. So this, the election was the first uh, Tuesday following the first Monday in November. So now the Judiciary Committee has interviewed someone who says that it was the Biden admin, the Biden campaign at the time who encouraged the writing of this letter. And it's a credible source. It's the guy that, um, that said that – it, it's a guy named um, um, the former CIA director Mike Morell. He said he did it, quote-unquote, to help Biden by organizing the letter. And Morell told the Judiciary Committee that Anthony Blinken, who's now the Secretary of State, <clears throat> was the senior campaign official who reached out to him shortly before the letter was written to encourage him to do it. Okay. I think we should assume that all of that is true. I don't know why the guy, he guy was under oath. He gave that testimony. It's true. What I dispute or what I think is overblown about it is that, of course, the Biden campaign was going to be encouraging people to cast doubt on this thing. Of course they were going to. I'd I'd, I'd be surprised if it was anyone besides that. Now, the 51 people that signed the letter were all different, were, were from different parties, were from different administrations, were from different jobs all throughout the intelligence community. But the thing that often gets lost about the letter is that it seems that a lot of the hosts here in, on on 77 Talk Radio, 800-8, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222, it doesn't seem like anyone read the letter. Sometimes Miranda Devine, I don't think she read the letter sometimes. I know she did. She's an expert. She wrote a whole book about, well, no, she wrote a book about the Biden laptop. But, um, yeah, so she wrote a whole book about this. I'm going to read you a little bit of the letter, and you tell me as you listen to it whether you disagree with any of this. Um, one, they say uh, that they're all signed as individuals who see Russia as one of their our nation's primary adversaries. No doubt that that's true. They said that this this um, this, in the third paragraph, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information ca- operation. But then they immediately say, we want to emphasize, we do not know if the emails are genuine or not. We do not have evidence of Russian involvement, but our experience makes us deeply suspicious right there at the beginning of the letter. Then they say what it is that makes them suspicious. And you tell me if you think any of this is wrong about all of this stuff. Remember, this came out in the, the end of October of 2020 after we had Russian interference in the 2016 election. One, it would be consistent with Russian objectives. Yes, we know from testimony from Trump officials that the Russians got involved in 2016 to help Trump win. Not from Clinton officials, from Trump officials. They testified to this. So that's one thing. Next paragraph, it's consistent with some of the methods that Russia has used in its now multi-year operation by hacking and dumping of, wait for it, accurate information or distribution of inaccurate information. Right there, they say they can see this might be accurate information. Next, they say there are several data points that make them suspicious. The Russians had already targeted Burisma last year for cyber collection. And this was in 2019. We knew that because it was reported by the Trump administration. That's how we learned it all. Next, they go on and quote from another newspaper, U.S. intelligence agencies warned the White House last year that Giuliani, our our co-host here, was the target of an influence operation from Russian intelligence. The source of those reports, the Trump administration. And then they go to finish the last sentence isn't this is Russian disinformation. Don't distribute it. But they finish. We do not know whether these plus reports are accurate, but they do suggest concern within executive branch departments and agencies that mirrors ours. The concerns in the executive branch of Trump. He was the president that mirrors ours. So, yes, this letter. An enormous amount has been made of it. Let's fire all the 51 people, take away their security clearances and everything else. This is written with so many caveats. All it is is it says the obvious at the time was it was so suspicious. It was. And the people that had the laptop, they made it even more suspicious. Did they distribute it and give it out to everyone? No. They gave it to one newspaper and said we're not going to give it to anyone else. They made it as suspicious as possible. Are we gonna let someone else examine the laptop? Nope, we're not gonna do that either. We're just gonna take we're gonna take pictures of what we think is on it. So now we know or we have good evidence of something that should have been ridiculously obvious all along, that you know, that the Clint that the Biden people were happy about this, encouraged it, and wanted to get out there how suspicious this whole thing looked. Yes. Now, does that change? The fact that it turned out to not be Russian disinformation, that it was Hunter Biden's laptop, that it did show a bunch of embarrassing things, embarrassing pictures, embarrassing. It showed how much money he's making as a as someone trading on the Biden name, but it doesn't show anything to this day about Joe Biden. It doesn't show anything that is more than influence peddling, which is not a crime under the law. Under the, it does show, it does is that. All kinds of bank records and everything else, and nothing that showed that 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 ties to, to Joe Biden in any criminal way. If anything, it's got Joe Biden helping this helping him out because he was a, a, an addict and was had no money for one, all these different things. There's enough bad about the Hunter Biden laptop without making up other stuff. That's just what I'm saying. It's bad. It's really bad. He can go to prison for this. I think there's a good chance that he does. It's bad. It shows the underside of, of Washington where people trade on their daddy's names, and, and no one did that more than the last administration. That happens. Sons, I would see, I would see lobbyists that were family members of former members of Congress or members of Congress all the time. All the time. When I left Congress, I went to work and did, uh, you know, I technically didn't lobby. I had a, I refused to do lobbying, but I gave people advice and traded on the idea that I, that I knew a lot of stuff. I mean, I didn't have any relatives or anything like that, but you know, I got, I, I know a lot of stuff. If you think people hired Hunter Biden and had nothing to do with his dad being the vice president and a frontrunner to be the president, you're wrong. He did. He traded on that. No doubt about it. The same way you think Ivanka Trump got thirty-one trademarks a week after they became the president that no one else was able to get in China, or that or that uh, um, uh, 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 um, Ivanka's uh, uh, Trump's son-in-law Kushner got two billion dollars of investment from the Saudis when he'd never run a, a, a private fund before and his real estate dealings were a disaster. You think that has nothing to do with the Trump relationship? You're just wrong. But I'm saying that the stuff that we know about Hunter Biden is bad enough. We don't need to make up other stuff. And making this letter more than it was—it was a mistake for Twitter to take, uh, for Twitter or for the, whoever else to to block that for a few days. That was a mistake. I've said that all along. But that's your Trump. That's your Trump. That's your Hunter Biden update for the week. We have a time for a few more calls. We'll be glad that the board loves man. People love talking about the Hunter Biden case. I'm there for you. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. At Rep is my Twitter handle, wienerwabc at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook or at wabcradio.com. It's so great to have you along. We'll see you on the other side.
1: This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC.
2: lies and deception and other things. That's our music for the day. Um, we're talking a little bit about Hunter Biden. We talked about Fox at the top. And if you missed the beginning of the show, it's all that anyone is talking about on my little feed here, is Jordan Zane Wiener, my 11-year-old son. He gave a special Numbers of the Week at the top about the Islander game. And uh, as we say in Portuguese, I'm chepping naches for him. He, uh, he did a great job, and everyone—he's—he's he's such a—he's such a poised kid. He really is. It's probably from his mom being such a, 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 a stable, calm, poised, dignified person—not her, not his erratic dad. Uh, but it was great to have him along, and we will post that as a podcast. We always do shortly after. Now we're under added pressure to get it posted because. Um, my dad, who hasn't been feeling well, was unable to tune in on his phone. It's easy to do. The WABC radio app is the easiest thing to do. You can even set it so that when you turn it on, it automatically goes to a live uh, live feed of everything here on WABC. So let's go to some calls. Hunter Biden always at- animates the board, and Adam in Garden City, your first up.
1: How you doing, sir? I'm well. This is my third time calling, but um, I don't know why they're talking about somebody being a whistleblower. On this Hunter Biden thing, nobody was a whistleblower when Bill Barr did that hit job to the Mueller report. Okay. Secondly, I do. I'm a Democrat, and I want Hunter Biden. You know, if he did a crime, let him let him do the time, let him get indicted, let him go through the system. But that ain't gonna get Trump off the charges that he has. That's what I wanted to say today. Well, sir. I appreciate it. I
2: mean, actually, the and I appreciate the call. Call us again. It, Look, here's the thing about the whistleblower that actually is an interesting and complicated thing to figure out. FBI agents have been quoted on our airways on Talk Radio 77 ABC about this, and Miranda Devine mentioned this again. If you want to you get her book about the laptop from hell, I got it. I read it. FBI agents who say they have, they have accumulated enough information and evidence to charge Hunter Biden with a crime, and they have gone to, uh, off the record, but they've said that publicly. That's not what individual agents do. And it's the same way with individual IRS agents. Individual IRS agents could go into your tax form and say, I see that this guy took thirty thousand dollar deductions when he only has receipts for ten thousand. And he could, you know, of course it's it's someone above him that makes the decisions about whether you're going to charge, in this case it's a U.S. attorney, a Trump appointed U.S. attorney. So you can't just say because I believe that Biden did something wrong and I got to tell the whole world about it, the Justice Department is going to say For one thing, we can't have every line enforcement agent going and talking about every investigation. That's not the way anything's going to get done. But the other thing they're going to say is we're not going to be able to prosecute him if someone's going to court with the evidence that we have. (laughs) That's not because then what's going to happen is that the, the the Hunter Biden attorneys are going to attack his credibility and say that this guy just wanted A, B, or C to happen. And that's why this investigation can't be trusted or something like that. But it's complicated. It is complicated. I think the best thing to do in circumstances like this and I said it about the Trump case as well let's just wait and see what the prosecutor says. this was a prosecutor it was a Trump prosecutor that Biden did not switch out as is customary to do because they was looking into his son. I think that's the right thing to do and I give him credit for that now that prosecutor's had it had it for a while for goodness sakes just I do agree with just you know do something with the rate even his own even Biden's lawyers. Are going in to see them this week because they're tired of waiting. Uh, let's go to John in Long Island City. John, uh, I'm sorry, John in Long Island. Go ahead, pal. Hello. 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 How are you doing today?
4: I'm good. I got a question. I, it seemed like in the beginning when this uh, Biden stuff first came up that you, you said there was like 100% nothing that the guy did wrong. Like uh, he said, you Oh, were,
2: no way, man. You got to go back and listen to me. I've, I've seen there's lots of stuff he did wrong.
4: In one of the first – one of the first times you brought it up about the uh, – them finding the, um, the stuff from the um, – getting get the thing fixed, the computer.
2: Yeah. I, I you know, from the ver- – I, I, I think it's episode three or four. Maybe Christian can pull it out or someone can see what it is. So basically here's my take, and I'll do it in 30 seconds. A lot of really bad stuff on there, maybe even illegal stuff that Hunter Biden did because there's all kinds of documentation – But in terms, you know, and uh, uh, in terms of the things he did wrong, did he declare everything on his taxes that he was supposed to? Did he, um, did he apply for a gun application and, and not tell the truth on that gun application? But the stuff about him working for businesses in China, working for businesses in, in Ukraine, for making a lot of money and making millions of dollars, all of that is all true and not illegal. And the stuff that people leap to, oh, and Joe Biden is corrupt. Well, that stuff's not in there. That stuff's not in there. It's just not there. There's no the link to Joe is not there. The link to Joe is one guy referring in one email that wasn't even to or from Hunter Biden. He was cc'd on it, referring to the big guy, and it's, and you got one guy who says, "Oh, the big guy means means Joe Biden." That's it in the entire thing. And the FBI didn't believe the guy. Uh, Fox News didn't believe the guy. So that guy's 90 minutes. So anyway, this has been a great show. The highlight was clearly Jordan Wiener, not Anthony Wiener, but it's been a great show. Stick around here at the top of the hour. We're going to have Curtis Lewa coming in for left versus right. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the city and with Eric Adams and also what you can do about stop 200 people from doing all the shoplifting in the city. I'm so grateful that you've been with us, and we'll see you on the other side.